Hello, everyone. It's so good to be here. <laughs> Can I just say that I'm very jealous of Fred? I know jealousy is not allowed by the Bible, but every Sunday when he leaves, I'm like, Can I come? <laughs> Can I come, please? <laughs> so I'm really excited to be here tonight, and um, I always hear such good things about this evening service. While we were worshiping, I really just experienced God. Um, show me a picture of a waterfall, but a massive waterfall, one flowing into um, a big lake, but the waterfall was causing such bubbles, huge, big, massive um, bubbles, and I really felt like God saying he wants to pour out himself onto this people, this group of people. Um, he wants to pour himself out and see you do miraculous things for him, and so I pray that for you tonight. So, um, as Donnie said, we're finishing with our sermon series, Miracles, Let Him Be Known. And so we're going to be looking at the book of John, verses, no, not verses, chapter 11. I do that every time. Chapter 11, the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And I entitled this sermon, Live to Make Him Known That Others Might Believe. Live to Make Him Known That Others Might Believe. And this miracle is one that's very close to my heart. Because when I was 19, and I said to the morning service, I've got a date here, but I'm not going to share it with any of you, just in case you do the math. But when I was 19, it's safe to say that I was lost. I grew up in a Christian home. I knew of Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. I hadn't encountered him in a way that made me choose Jesus. And so instead of serving Jesus, I was serving everyone else. Um, I was hanging out with the wrong friends. I had far too many boyfriends, um, we did too many things that we shouldn't do, and all of that was in an attempt to find love, and to find acceptance, and to find home, um, and to just be valued. And so we were invited to church by someone, our next door neighbors, who invited us to come and listen to the story of a man who was raised from the dead, like literally, died and rose again a couple of days later. And so I wasn't sure that I believed the story, but I was very excited <laughs> to go and hear what it was about. And so I went to the church at the age of 19 for the first time in many, many years. And what I experienced that evening was not the hype of the miracle, but it was Jesus. I experienced Jesus make himself known to me and make me feel for the first time in a very long time that I was loved and that I was valued and I was accepted. And I knew in that moment, this is home. This is what I've been looking for all this time. Um, and he changed my life in, in that night. And so the story of this man being raised from the dead became my story. Because that night I was raised from the dead. Um, and I was alive for the first time ever. And I'm so thankful that a man named Daniel came to a church to speak to people who did or did not believe his story. <laughs> because it helped me believe. And I think that tonight... A lot of us can say the same story. I was dead, but now I'm alive. Somewhere along my life, a miracle happened, or someone shared the gospel, or my parents taught me, or something happened that Jesus was made known to you, and you believed. Can you wave at me if that's you? You're alive? Praise God. But I also believe that every single one of you that just waved at me can say this, something like this. My parents don't know Jesus. My siblings don't know Jesus. I have friends that don't know Jesus. There's students on campus who don't know Jesus. The people I work with, they don't know Jesus. 
And if you can't say any of this, you can say this. The world that we live in, there are people that do not know Jesus. They are the walking dead. They have not experienced his life. And I really believe that God wants to work through us. He wants to use our lives to minister to others, to make Jesus known so that they will believe. And so we're going to go to John 11 to see how Jesus used the life of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus to do exactly this, to make him known so that the people around him might believe. Let's quickly pray for this word. Father, thank you just for your word. Thank you that as we read it, I pray it will ignite our hearts, Lord. I pray that it will remind us of what you've done for us, Lord. I pray that it would give us a passion for your glory, for your name, and to make you known, Lord. And whatever you want to do in each and every single heart here tonight, Lord, we ask you to come and do it. Um, We worship you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to look at the whole chapter of John 11. So if you know how long John 11 is, please don't fall asleep on me. So I've tried to cut out a few verses that did not alter the story in any way, but I want to ask you, will you go home and read it for yourself? Will you go and let Jesus minister to you from his word? So we're going to start and read in verses 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha, It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. And so the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, him whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place that he was. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. He loved this friend of his that was sick, and so he stayed two days longer. Okay, we're going to jump a couple of verses where he's speaking with his disciples, and they're saying to him, Jesus, we can't go to Judea. They're trying to kill you. Um, Let's not go there. Maybe you're going to be stoned. And then Jesus says to them, well, he's just asleep. And they say, oh, well, if he's sleeping, he's going to wake up. And eventually Jesus says to him, says to his disciples plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So that is something that they did in those times. If someone died, um, the people would gather around them and mourn with them and cry with them and put on a big display um, that this person has, had died. And so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Then she says, but even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. 
do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And when she'd said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. Verse 32, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? So let's stop here and just unpack the story and see what's going on. Three times in this passage, it's highlighted that Jesus loved these people. Jesus loved Mary, loved Martha, and loved Lazarus. There's no doubt about that. He wasn't unconcerned for them or uncaring. He loved them. But because he loved them, he delayed. So he could have, because Lazarus was sick, he could have gotten up in that very moment and gone and healed a sick man. But he intentionally chose to delay, to wait. Jesus wanted to do something in the lives of the friends that he loves. He wanted to orchestrate a miracle. He wanted to create something that he could show them something greater of himself. This was a faith-defining moment for them, and not just them, but everybody around them. Nobody knew what Jesus was busy with, but he knew what he was busy with. He was busy glorifying God and helping people believe. And so what can we learn from Martha and Mary about our lives when we're going through difficult times? And when we maybe think that Jesus is just taking too long or doesn't care about us, What does God want to do in those moments? So let's look at this. Martha says, Lord, if you had been here. She was clearly disappointed. She knew that if Jesus had have just come on time, he would have healed her brother. But now she's deeply disappointed. Lord, if you had been here. But in this conversation with Jesus, she she still calls him Lord. She still honors him. Mary falls at his feet They make a declaration of faith towards Jesus that whatever he asks the Father, they know it will happen. They don't get so disappointed with him that they turn away, that they stop believing, that they stop worshiping, that they stop honoring, but they're disappointed and they make it known to Jesus. You see, Jesus had healed people, uh, um, had raised people, sorry, from the dead before, but this situation was so far gone in the minds of Martha It had been four days that Lazarus had died, and there was a superstition in those days that if somebody died for three days, the spirit would hover over that body, and that there was a possibility, a chance, that something could happen, and the spirit could re-enter the body, and that person could could come alive. But on the fourth day, the spirit was God. The spirit is God, yes. The spirit was gone, and the body was starting to decay. In Martha's mind, this was over. There was nothing Jesus could do. And yet, she still worshiped him. She still pointed to the resurrection that's coming one day. I know something's still gonna happen, but I'm deeply disappointed. Mary's reaction is exactly the same, and the Jews say exactly the same thing. Look how he loved him. Couldn't he have done something if he had been here? 
What did Jesus want them to believe? Because clearly he wants them to believe something different to what they do. Jesus says to them, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm not pointing towards the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Right here in front of you, staring you in the face, is the one who created life, who gives life, who sustains life, who's able to give you life. He wasn't just a good teacher or a prophet. He himself was the Messiah, the Son of God, the resurrection. And he wanted them not just to believe or have an understanding. He wanted them to put their wholehearted trust and faith in who he was and that God had sent him. And so because of that, Martha had no idea that Jesus was still able to heal or to raise Lazarus. Because he was the resurrection and the life. Life was standing right in front of them. And so Jesus wanted to help her believe. So he delayed. He didn't answer straight away. He orchestrated a miracle so that he could confront his disciples and his friends to help them understand more of who he is. I want to just say this to maybe someone here who's feeling like, well, (laughs) you know, Jesus is delaying. I'm a little bit disappointed in him. He loves you. He didn't delay because he was trying to be mean. He didn't delay because he didn't care. He delayed because he needed to do something more in his friends' lives than just heal them. You can trust God tonight. I don't know what you're going through, but he does. And I don't know what God's busy with, but he does. And I promise you that he loves you. So if you're going through a tough time tonight, I hope that you can hear that. But I also hope that you can say, God, If you want to use my life, if you want to delay a little so that you can create a moment, so that you can minister to others or help me understand you and believe you better, you can do it. And I believe God wants to use our lives. He wants to use my life and he wants to use your life to make him known so that others will believe. Let's go back to our text in verse 38 and see what else we can learn. So Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there'll be an odor. He's been dead four days. Now can you see? She's got no idea what Jesus is doing. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him. And let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. Let's stop here. So Jesus is getting ready to work on his friend's behalf. He's getting ready to do a miracle because he loves his friends, because he's the resurrection and the life, and he can. But they are so unaware of Jesus, what Jesus is doing, especially Martha, that she tries to stop him. 
no, Jesus, don't do that. <laughs> don't intervene on my behalf. It's going to stink. That's how unaware she was. But he calls her to believe. And he calls everyone around watching the scenario to believe in him. And he puts on a display of glory and calls Lazarus out of the grave so that they will believe. We can learn something from the lives of the people standing around. Sometimes Jesus wants to use us to move the stone of death away from other people's lives. Sometimes the miracles that he wants to do have got nothing to do with us. It's not for us. It's not about us. It's not because of us. But there's someone who's lying in a grave and needs Jesus to intervene on their behalf. And instead of us going, no, 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 Jesus, don't do that. <laughs> that's going to be stinky. That's messy. That's impossible. Instead of doing that, instead of being Martha's, I believe God wants us to go, okay, Jesus, let's move the stone away and see what happens. I think these opportunities come in so many different ways, shapes, and forms we can miss them so often. I remember the one day, it was a couple of months ago, there was a lady walking in the mall and I was pushing my trolley and she limped past me and I knew that I need to pray for this lady for healing and I carried on walking and said, no, Jesus, I can't, I don't have the faith. I'm embarrassed to admit that, but I didn't. I didn't think Jesus would use me to do something in that person's life, so I just didn't. And while I was walking away, I felt God say to me, then just obey me. You don't have to have the faith, but obey me. And I was like, oh, what do you do with that? So I turned my trolley around and I went running after the lady and I went and prayed for her. And I don't know if anything happened because nothing happened in that moment. But what if God was using that moment with someone who loved her enough to turn around and run after her with a trolley full of groceries to roll the stone of death away over her life so that Jesus could maybe call her out of the grave. Another time, um, I said this a little weird in the first service, but it's true. There was a big Afrikaans woman in CNA one day. And the Lord told me, go and give him a word. And I was like, Lord, this man's huge. I don't want to talk to him. I'm scared. No. And so I walked around CNA looking at the pens and all the things I had no intention of buying wrestling with God about whether or not I need to go and share this word with this man. And eventually I was like, oh, okay, just do it. And so I went and I said, look, sir, I don't know if you believe in God. I don't know what this is about, but I believe God wants to say this to you. Bless you, have a nice day. And I left. I should have shared the gospel with him, but I was so scared that I just did that and then I ran away. But what if, what if God used that moment to roll the stone of death away over that man's life, to call him out of the grave. And I, like Martha, said, no, Jesus, mm -mm. it's too stinky. Let's not do that. I'm so glad that that man named Daniel didn't go, sure, God, no one's going to believe my story, so I'm not going to share it. Because if he didn't, maybe the stone of death wouldn't have been rolled away over my life. Who shared the gospel with you? Who taught you about Jesus? What did he do to get to your heart because he loved you so much that he wanted to call you out of the grave? Jesus is calling us to be stone rollers. He wants to work through our obedience. He wants to work through your obedience to make him known so that others might believe. 
Let's see how this story ends. We're going to jump to verse 46. So verse 45 said, some of the Jews believed. Verse 46 says, but some of them went to the Pharisees, little tittertailers, and told them what Jesus had done. And so the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do? For this man performs many signs, and if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Friends, the purpose of miracles is so that people will believe in Jesus. Let's trust God for them. And so from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. We jump a few verses later into John chapter 12, verses 9. Um, The story is over. Jesus has left. Lazarus is alive. He's come back again. It's six days before the Passover, and Jesus and Lazarus are reclining at the table, chatting. (laughs) Verse 9, it says, When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. And so the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. Verse 11, Because on account of him, Many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. See, friends, this is the story about Lazarus being raised from the dead. But for this entire story, Lazarus is dead. He does nothing. He's deader than dead. He's in the grave. He can't cry out to Jesus to save him. He can't roll the stone of death away over his life. He can do nothing. He is so dead that he stinks already. That is dead. It's very dead. But the simple act of him being made alive caused so many people to believe. So many people that these Pharisees didn't just want to kill Jesus. They wanted to kill Lazarus also. And I believe that our testimony is so powerful that it could cause many people to believe if we would just share it. You see, no matter what your story is, whether you, like me, were just someone doing a few of the wrong things, in with the wrong crowd, trying to get love and acceptance, nothing too bad, nothing too good. Or maybe your pre-salvation story was that you were a terrible person and you wouldn't even share half of the stuff that you had done because you're so embarrassed about it. Or maybe you got saved when you were six because Your mom and dad shared the gospel with you. I don't know what your story is, but the one story that each and every single one of us have is the same story that Lazarus had, and that is we were dead, 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 deader than dead. We could not save ourselves. We could not cry out to Jesus on our own. We could not move that stone away, but Jesus, but Jesus, he stepped in and he called us out of that grave. And I believe that if we had to share that testimony with people, if we had to start telling people, this is what happened to me, I was dead, but now I'm alive, I believe people would come to know Jesus. And so God wants to use your testimony, your testimony. Some of you may be sitting here thinking, I don't have a great testimony. No, you were dead. Dead. You were dead, Rudo. Let's not keep that testimony quiet and rob other people of the chance to possibly believe in him. Jesus wants to use your testimony to make him known so that others will believe. And so, friends, the conclusion of the story is that 
These friends cried out to Jesus and he loved them. He could have responded straight away. He could have gone and healed them and it would have been another great miracle, just like Jesus did so many great miracles. But he wanted them to believe. See, he says his response to this whole story in the beginning is that this illness is not to death. It's so that God will be glorified, so that the Son of Man will be glorified so that the Son of Man would be made known. And so in order to not just heal his loved ones, in order to save them for all of eternity, he delayed and he went to the cross. He went to the cross, he lifted himself up, he made himself known, he paid the price of our sins, he made it possible for us to have eternal life. But none of that would have mattered if we didn't believe. Because Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. See, the cross is done. The cross is finished. We don't have to wait for Jesus to die for us. He's done that. He's made salvation and eternal life and relationship with him and holiness and all those good things. He's made it available to every single person who walks this earth, but the only people that benefit from it are those that believe. And so he needed to make himself known so that they would believe, so that they could be saved. And I believe that God is still doing miracles today, friends. Not just for us, not just about, it, about us, but through us. Because through our lives, he wants to make himself known so that people would believe. And so the question I have for you this evening is, are you willing do you care about other people believing? See, I love that this miracle is the one that it was the final tipping point. This miracle was the one that made the Pharisees go, this man's dying. That's it. And so to raise Lazarus from the dead and to give him life cost Jesus his life. That's how much he loves Lazarus and me and you and every other person not yet saved. Are we willing to let Jesus use our lives, use our obedience and use our testimony to make him known so that others might believe? I wanna ask you to close your eyes and just have that conversation with God. Are you willing? while we're in this place with eyes closed, I wanna ask, maybe there's someone sitting here tonight and you're thinking the whole time, well, I haven't known Jesus. I haven't believed in Jesus. I haven't come out of the grave. I'm not in relationship with him. I feel dead and I wanna be alive. We don't wanna skip over you tonight because there's a moment where Jesus is saying, then come out of the grave, come to me. I love you. I died for you. I want to know you. I wanna ask you to keep your eyes closed, but I wanna ask if we can just turn the lights on so that I can see if anybody responds. But if that's you tonight, would you be bold enough to put your hand up and say, Jesus, I wanna know you. Is there anybody? Thank you, I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. I wanna just ask you to pray after me, just a simple prayer. Say, Father God, I know I am dead and I need you 
thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I'm coming out of the grave now, Lord. I'm alive. I believe in you, Jesus. Amen. You can keep your eyes closed. I want to pray for those that are maybe going through a really difficult time. Maybe you are sitting here and you're like a Mary and a Martha and you're feeling like God is just taking too long and you're not sure what's going on. You're unsure if he loves you maybe or what he wants to do in this situation. But if that's you, won't you raise your hand so that we can pray because I believe God wants to do miracles in our lives because he loves us. So Father God, I thank you that you see these hands, Lord. You know the names of every single one of these people, God, and you love them. I pray firstly, Lord, that you would right now in this moment just surround them with your love, Lord. Help them to be so aware of the fact that you love them, that you care for them, that you have a plan for them, that you know what you're busy with, God, and you will not neglect them. Please, Jesus, help them to trust you. Help them to worship you. Help them to believe in you regardless of what's going on. But God, we ask you, come, please, and do a work in their lives. We trust you, Jesus. Friends, if you've listened to the sermon and you feel God speaking to you, hopefully that's all of us, but you just want to make a decision that I'm willing. I'm willing For God to use my life, I'm willing to be obedient. I want to hear his voice and I'm willing to share my testimony. Then won't you stand so that we can pray for a boldness in front of Jesus. Yeah, God, thank you for your love for us, Lord. Thank you that you loved us so much that you were willing to go to the cross, Lord. Not only willing, but you orchestrated it, Lord. You made it happen. You chose to do it, Jesus. And Lord, I pray tonight that there would just be a reminder of our salvation, Lord. An understanding of what we were saved from, God, and what we've been saved for, Lord. And no matter what's going on in our lives, Lord, I pray that you would use us, Lord. Make us sensitive to your spirit, Holy Spirit, pour yourself out on us. Help us to hear you. Help us to know what you're busy with. Help us to know when to speak up. Help us to know, God, when you're saying pray for the impossible. God, give us the ability to believe you, to trust you, to obey you. Lord, I pray that from this moment on, we will see miracles. Lord, the greatest one of all, being that people would come to know you. Lord, I pray for every name of every person that is on the minds of of the people in this room, people that are not yet saved, people that they've been trusting for, parents, friends, students, teachers, bosses. God, we cry out for their salvation, Lord. Help them to know you. Help them to believe, Jesus. Use us, God. Help us to glorify you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.